Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, Millennial Millionaires. Today, have another exciting special guest, someone who I've worked with uh, very closely for the last three or four years. We have Mr. Oscar Cardona. Uh, Oscar is an executive film producer. He is the current owner of Pathfinder Productions, a digital entrepreneur, and most importantly, a great father, a great husband, and an exceptional human being. Oscar. Thanks, man. Well, let's go, bro. That's probably the best intro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I try, man. I try, man. It's funny. You were actually the guy that helped me get this whole thing going, man. Yeah. You're yeah. the one that uh, that inspired me and supported me and obviously uh, put all the content together to help get the podcast going. So it was definitely only a matter of time till we have uh, the man behind the, the camera for a really long time on uh, in the seat. Let's go. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I think I'm a little shy of a uh, millionaire just for context, but uh, we'll we'll get there probably. Hey, next se- year. seven or figure business year. right now. <laughs> yeah, so seven figure business. Yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe not net worth, but revenue. So yeah, there we go. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oscar, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your business, and then we'll we'll hop into it, man. Cool. So yeah, Oscar uh, started Pathfinder Productions, uh, media business in 2016. We uh, do all sorts of media, commercial, uh, social media. Um, you know. Started off as a, a guy with a camera, small dream, and then expanded it to be able to create opportunities for a lot of people. Um, recently, Austin, this guy back here, we produced a TV show, uh, so we're in the process of selling that, uh, trying to get uh, to the next level uh, in entertainment, and uh, just keep it pushing, man. Continue to keep expanding. Keeping the dream alive, baby. Keeping the dream alive. Uh, what What made you get into media? Uh, initially, man, what attracted you to the industry? I know, you know, we both we both grew up here in Vegas. I believe you went to Palo um, Centennial. Centennial, that's right. I went to uh, Cimarron. Similar journeys in terms of our our friends groups and living out here in Sin City, uh, where most people, you know, they they don't get into entrepreneurship. They they definitely don't get into film and media. So, what was it about that industry? Because this is you really started getting into this before social media really started popping off. What about the industry attracted you to it initially? Dude, so I was actually making music, you know, I like, I don't know, the the mainstream media sold me the dream of like, oh, I can make music, right? And so I was kind of really bad at making music for a while. And uh, then I started getting good at it. And I was like, okay, I need to like get in front of a camera. And this was like when Instagram was born. And I was like, okay, I need to get a camera. So I was like making music and like filming myself and just putting out content, really not doing, not knowing what I was doing. And then uh I think like I started getting pretty good at it. I met Andy uh, many years ago and uh, we, you know, we started getting good at it and someone was like, oh, how much for a music video? And I was like, whoa, you could charge money for this? What? And then, uh, so I just threw out a number, like, I don't know, 500 bucks. They're like, cool. And I was like, sweet, let's do it. That was more than I was making at my job at the time. And then, uh, yeah, I started getting so busy with those, like, that I would start calling off work and stuff and then i got to the point where i was in the casino industry like you and uh they were like hey you know if you call out again this is it and i was like all right cool and then 
something came up and I had to make the choice like, all right, I'm going to dive into this. And that was 2016. And, you know, a million dollar business later, we're here. That's cool, man. I have a similar uh, journey when it comes to that, because I feel like so many people, they like dabbling into entrepreneurship. They like dabbling into some type of direct sales or performance-based industry, but until they really make that leap, until they, they actually decide, or once you actually start making that first income, for me it was network marketing, and I was working a job as well, and I remember making my first $400 check, which at the time could have been a $40 million check because it taught me something that you can actually go create money without clocking in and clocking out, and you can go create an income based on something that you actually enjoy doing versus what most people do is a job just over broke, they have to be there they have to clock in they have to clock out and i feel like when people really understand and they taste the forbidden fruit of performance-based time freedom unlimited cap on your income the sky's the limit after that yeah 100 and once you master that skill though uh you could materialize anything really like you could walk into any building sell anyone anything extract anything out of the universe that you desire so once you one like do it on accident, you're like, whoa, you could do this. And then once you master the skill, you could really take it as far as you want to take it. So. 100%. Let's talk about sales a little bit. You brought it up. I know by trade, you're not a salesperson, but you're definitely one of the best uh, sales professionals that I know, even though that's not your necessarily your job. How has the ability to communicate, influence, negotiate, persuade, impacted uh, your current business, but also your trajectory of some of these other businesses you're working on? Dude, so sales, uh, you know, we met kind of because of the solar industry. So I, 2000, maybe 18, things were kind of rocky with the media business. I didn't really know how to sell. So I got into solar. I sold it like, you know, a couple deals and it taught me the skill of self-development and sales. And I took that and applied it into my business and literally like, you know, tripled it. It's been like doubling year after year since 2018. So uh, sales is like, it's just the one of the keys to success. I don't think you could get to a certain level of success without sales. So um, in videography or photography media, what I do, um, you know, a lot of people in this industry don't know sales. So they're getting paid whatever they get paid, whatever the universe gives them, whatever they take. They're not kind of taking what they need out of the world. And so that's what separates someone uh, like myself, I guess, who has created an organization, who is scaling, who is growing from someone who is just a you know videographer photographer that is making you know 30 20 40 thousand dollars a year so sales is the key really that that took it from there upwards and then you know having that skill I feel like I could sell anyone anything now you know just with being confident in myself and the ability to you know there's there's techniques that you learn in in uh, solar sales for sure that you could apply to anything Bro, I tell people door knocking, like even <laughs> if it's not something that you see yourself doing long term, just put in a year, put in six months, put in three months, because I think door to door sales is one of the rawest forms of selling that you can do going on people's doorsteps. They hate you. They don't know who you are. You're interrupting them from watching their favorite football team on TV. Right. So to be able to learn some of those subtle unconscious cues to be able to break preoccupation, learning things like getting OK with rejection, being OK uh, with going going out there and hustling and not earning anything that day with the hope of building that pipeline and earning something later. Those are real life skills that it doesn't matter if you take it into your videography business, production business, into a sales opportunity. Those things are going to serve you long term. Uh, there was something that you said there, though, that I want to double click on a little bit. I know when I first met you at 2018, I believe, 
a um, couple of years before before uh, for COVID, you were just a not just, but you were a videographer. You right. know, you were a hundred percent. Your income was based on your own performance. You're going out there hustling, uh, you know, selling yourself, selling your services, but you were limited based on your time. What was that transition for you? Because I feel like a lot of people out there, they got the sales aspect down, or they got their own personal uh, opportunity down for whatever vehicle or whatever product they're selling. But to go from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur where you're actually managing people, you're managing systems, you're managing a company or team is a whole nother ball game. Can you walk us through that transition from solopreneur to entrepreneur? Dude, I remember even like driving in the car and like asking like, dude, what would you do if you were my position? Like I'm trying to get beyond this and like, I'm trying to just expand and it i think it has a lot to do with my wife um she was like you know you just gotta hire someone and i was so concerned with losing a portion of profits and like the revenue and that i didn't want to take that risk and like so i didn't for a long time but finally we were just so busy i was like whatever let's just if they fail through it i'll prove me right and then i'll we can move on so hired my first person and they would do like what we, the content plan. So they, they started organizing the content plans, doing the graphic and running the social medias, which literally took like a third of, of my workload off my plate. And I was like, whoa, this is nuts, right? So then I was like, oh, let me just add, it gave me more time so I could sell more deals, take more sales calls. So added a couple more accounts and then I was like, okay, now I need to hire, a, uh, I think an editor was my next thing. I was like, okay, so I'm out filming, could edit, have somebody editing, um, put that position in. Then I was like, whoa, I don't have to edit. They're running the social media. Now I'm just filming, which is like, you know, I still do that. It's like my favorite part uh, of the operation. So then again, sold more deals, got people in place. And I was like, finding a videographer was really a challenge because they have to be good with people. They, it, they determine the customer's experience. So they have to be good with people. They have to be good at with the camera and all that. And uh, finally found a really good dude, Angel. Plugged him in. He was great and started selling more. Got another videographer, uh, Cam. Oh, I think you've met Cam. Cam's uh, the homie. Cam plugged him in. And then it just created a whole system that was now like uh, an ecosystem that was running like the editors would plug into the graphic designers and then the videographers would plug into the editors. And it's just a whole little ecosystem that it created so i think i guess back to answer your question it's overcoming your perception of what reality could be and just overcoming that fear because ultimately it's fear like oh what if it fails what if it doesn't work and once you overcome it and just be like okay i'm brave enough to just try it let's see what happens uh you're usually surprised things usually work out better than you expect 100 percent, man i really like that you know something i take away from that is there's a concept i learned in my industry it's Mar volume over margin. So many people, they're trying to squeeze as much margins out of every single deal. Or in your case, you're like, man, I don't want to hire this because then I have to give up margins on this contract. And that's a lot of money. When in reality, it's, it's life is all about volume, like with enough volume, with enough scale, with enough duplication, even if you're making less margins per deal, as long as the volume is there, you'll end up making more money in the long term, and you'll have something built that's sustainable, that's not just built off your own energy and time, but now you have leverage. So I think that is is really important, especially for people that want to take that step to go from solopreneur into entrepreneur, like you did, it is fearful to give up margins. I remember that exact conversation 
but it's something that you need to do if you want to build something large and long term because we only have 24 hours in a day. You know, there's only so much that we can do. If you don't have leverage, leverage could be systems, leverage could be people, leverage could be technology. If you're not creating leverage in your businesses um, or really in your life, then you're always going to be restricted to your own time, your own energy, and you're never going to be able to get that end result that you're really looking for. 100%, man. Um, no, I agree. A big thing I think that no one really talks about and we talk about a lot is the energy, like the self-development, the energy that goes behind all that, like overcoming the fear and having the faith and developing the vibration to be able to to materialize all that stuff. Because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of podcasts and a lot of people that talk about the how, 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 but you know, how does it matter? Do, baby. The how does not matter. The how doesn't matter. So once that should you, be a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So once you overcome that and you really like, I think, bro, you introduced me to KT. And honestly, once I embodied that, that information, it freed me because it's like, as long as I work on my vibration, being happy, my energy, like the rest will magically organize itself to align with whatever the outcome desire is. So yeah, I would agree, man. I, I think for anyone listening you can know all the strategies, you can have all the techniques, you can have the whole plan written out, uh, you can have all the people, all the things, all all the all, <laughs> but until you get the right psychology, the right philosophy, until you go to work on yourself, Jim Rohn, work harder on yourself than you do on your job, until you get the inner world dialed in, the outer world is never gonna be a reflection of what your desires are gonna be. And you know that's something that I think me and you uh, do a really good job with Oscar and the reason I enjoyed working with you so much as my own personal videographer is because we're on the same frequency you know we can bounce ideas we can create that mastermind effect and ultimately that's what people need in life they need like-minded people like-minded individuals that have a common goal a common vision a common philosophy worldview of how they see things because two brains operating on the same frequency, you're able to get three, four, five, six X the amount of value out of those conversations than you just trying to do things by yourself. Let's talk a little bit about that. How has personal development, understanding the universal laws, the law of vibration, the law of frequency, the law of cause and effect, how have these made an impact, not just in your business, but in your overall life? Bro, immensely because, you know, it's almost like it takes the kind of the fear out of it, the the uncertainty to me, because there are laws like it works. It, it, it has to work. So as long as you do the right things, then the outcome happens. So like reading every night, meditating, exercising, uh, being happy, focusing on your affirmations, just like having a chief aim thought that you're constantly, you know, focused on. If you do all those things, regardless of how you how present things are are you know unfolding, it removes the fear. It's like you know you may think that you know there's a disaster, a catastrophe happening, and then you know just to find out that because of this catastrophe, this disaster, it literally unlocked something that was ten times better for you. That this thing was in the way that you couldn't have reached without this disaster, catastrophe happening. So the way I look at things is like you know with ups and downs in my business or life or whatever it's just part of the process to get me to where i'm going because i know the desired outcome is just going to happen regardless and it's just how it you know you're not that smart i have no idea how it's going to get there i was just telling austin I, was like, I feel like i'm the luckiest guy on earth like i don't know how things work out for me but every time things work out like 
perfectly. And I think I'm in the midst of a catastrophe. I'm like, this is this is it. <laughs> We're gonna have to shut the doors tomorrow. And something happens, and it's just like hundred times better. Um, so you know, for me, I feel like as long as I'm doing the check marks, like the reading, the meditating, the gym, those are really my only check marks. And then just uh, amplifying gratitude and love with like my family. As long as I'm doing those four things, like everything will always work out. And then if it seems like there's, you know, the house is on fire, I'm like, well, it must be a better house coming then because there's no other reason why the house would set on fire, you know, so. Have you heard the uh, the story of the Chinese farmer? Yeah, the broken leg. That's what it reminds me of, man. That's what it reminds me of. For those that don't know, look it up. But the story of the Chinese farmer, how the, the tale goes is there's a villager um, whose son ends up breaking his leg. And all the village comes and comes to the dad and says, oh, man, what a catastrophe. And then the old man responds, maybe. And then the horse, the, the father's horse, ends up running away. And all the villagers come and say, oh, man, you know, what a catastrophe. And he's just maybe. And then the horses bring back a bunch of horses. And now they have four, five, six, seven horses. And the town comes and says, oh, man, what an amazing thing. Maybe. Essentially, the, the moral of the story here is you actually don't know what is good or what is bad in the moment. All you can do is trust, to your point, that God, the universe, whatever you believe in, whatever faith that you instill into your spirituality or religion is working in your best benefit. And whether it's true or not, we don't know, but that is the most empowering and the most logical frame and stance that you can take. Because I think that's what all this personal development and going through hard things and learning about yourself and having self-awareness is all about. It's making the best decision in the moment that is going to serve you regardless of the circumstances. The worst thing in the world could potentially happen to you but you have the power to decide how you are going to respond moving forward. And I think emotional intelligence, perspective, doing the inner work, to your point, having these rituals and practices that allow yourself uh, to ground, to be able to navigate through these battles in life, that's ultimately what's going to allow you to win. It's not what happens to you. It's not what's going on in your life. It's how you respond and what you do moving forward that will determine what life looks like after that situation occurs. 100%, man. It's just like, I almost feel like it's like a, my life is like a video game and I just like watch things unfold and I'm kind of watching it unfold. Like, like you said, it kind of from a point of being so grounded and like just seeing the universe around me as like uh, clay, like it's just unfolding and not having, detaching from the fear or even sometimes the excitement, right? Like just detaching from that and watching it play out from the cause and effect, from like the things that you did, I almost feel like it's just like, it's cause and effect. If you do the cause, like you're gonna get the effect. It's just like the law, you know? So um, yeah, watching things materialize is like so crazy uh, in my personal life with the, you know, the businesses that we're going on to create. And uh, this is a kind of funny story. Uh, so I want this like Saran, right? It's like electric dirt bike. Uh, and uh, I was like, dude, I don't want to, you know, buy it. It's like six grand. I don't want to really spend the cash on it. I don't really want to finance it. So I started looking it up and then uh, I freaking, there's only one dealership in Vegas that that sells it. So I'm like, I'm going I'm to go in there and like offer them some service. Maybe I'll trade them for it or something. So I went in there. 
uh, did like a free video, gave it to them, uh, came back. Uh, the guy, we started negotiating. We negotiated for like two days. Then turns out he's like one of Roy's friends, like their daughters are friends. And uh, so anyways, I ended up like getting the Saran and then I didn't like... I went in there and I didn't like pay money. I didn't like do anything. I just exchanged value. So I went into this establishment, gave them energy and extracted like a material thing. So like you can materialize and that unlocked a big thing in my head because I was like, you don't need money. A lot of people are, are limited with their like, oh, I can't start this business because I need money. Oh, I can't hire someone because I need money. I can't like you don't need money to materialize what you desire. You just have to be creative and open to the universe and like, that's the thing about humans is we have that superpower to materialize any material thing in this, you know, uh, dimension that we're, we're living in. So once you unlock that power, you can literally materialize anything you want. And it's it's exciting and fun. And, you know, you it, can... it's beautiful, man. And it goes back to what we were just talking about. The reason that they think a resource is an issue is because they're focused on the how. Right. Oh, man, how do I start this new business? I am three months late, uh, uh, late on my rent. Or, <laughs> you know, how do I uh, how do I go travel to this beautiful destination and take my girlfriend that I've been wanting to? I have no money in my bank account. It's not about the how. The how will figure itself out. Like if someone in this world has it, if someone has the physical manifestation of something you want, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's a lifestyle, an income, a trip, an experience, you can go get it. Like we're all <laughs> born the same. We all die the same. We all have to wake up and use our two hands. Hopefully, we're you know we're <laughs> we're fortunate and have all our limbs to you know put our pants on in the morning just like anyone else. And I think the reason why a lot of people end up not going after their dreams or their goals or they're not willing to take that first step is because they put these successful people on a pedestal. Yeah. They see you, Oscar. They see some of those some of these successful people on social media, which half of them aren't even successful, right? <laughs> it's it's a highlight reel. But they see these people and they're like, man, I can never do what that person does. I can't talk like him. I can't walk like him. I don't have the skills that he does. I'm not as good looking as him. And they put these people on a pedestal because they think that they're doing something magical and special. But in reality, we know these people. We know people worth eight, nine figures, right? You know, I, my girlfriend knows billionaires. And it's like these people are the same exact human beings. They bleed the same. They talk the same. They have the same challenges and insecurities. They've just focused more. They've worked harder. They've sacrificed. And when you can bridge the gap from where you want to be and who you want to become from where you currently are and you realize it's not as far as you think, you start taking actions differently. Your vibration starts to shift. Your belief and your self-image and your identity and all these things that ultimately govern the results in your life start to shift and you start operating at a different level. And as you start putting that into the universe, into the marketplace, guess what? You start receiving the law of reciprocation. You start to achieve some of these things that you once didn't think was once didn't think was possible. And now you hit the milestone. You know, it's like every new venture, every new checkpoint, every new milestone, right? Every new income uh, milestone you hit, there is more to see. There's more to do. But you become a different individual on that journey. And the higher you go, the the higher you can see, which is uh, super cool. Let's let's talk a little bit about content um, in the 21st century. I've really dedicated myself over the last year, really year and a half, to becoming, you know, more, uh, more on social media, putting out consistent content, developing my personal brand. Obviously, you work with a lot of clients that uh, you know you support. Why is developing your personal brand and putting out content so important for the average, you know, 21st century entrepreneur salesperson? Dude, um, that's a great question. So. I think, I mean, the value is 
ultimately social media is a tool a resource to get people to to influence people to take action with you like that's what it's for people misuse it um to you know kill time or scroll or do whatever but you have to be on the creating end of it to create content to influence people to take action with you so whatever business you're in or whatever you know venture you want to do the value in putting out content is it's like almost like a portfolio or a resume. It's like people see this and they're sold on you before they even meet you or talk to you or do anything. So I, it's so important for any business, personal brand, whatever, to put out media so that the marketplace could get to know you. And even if they don't buy from you right then, like once you you know set up your lead program or knock the doors or whatever, um, they're familiar with you. It's like a warmer lead opposed to like a cold lead. So I came up with this great idea for, uh, you should do it in a training, Steve, but like for Maybe. solar guys, what they need to do is when they're working an area, set up a one, like a one mile radius ad, like on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and just be like, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm going to be in your neighborhood working the area with the, you know, power project. I'll probably knock on your door. If you want to avoid that, send me a message. If not, I'll see you on the doors. Like, all right, see ya or whatever, like whatever the call to action is. But that way you run it like saturated, like $100 a day. So that way when you're in the area, like you knock on the doors, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I did. Just saw you on freaking Facebook. Oh, what's up, man? Come in. You know what I mean? It's like you're warming the lead up before you even get to the door. So that's like that's just an example of like what media can do for you when you put it out and stuff like that. It's powerful. You know, I, I didn't want to play the media game. When we first <laughs> I remember, started. I you remember. Know, I was very resistant. I didn't want to be that guru or that guy or trying to sell a course. There's so many people on there that haven't constructed anything, trying to give people constructive criticism right. and then sell them something. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guru, but I realized, man, if my end game, if my chief aim is I want to speak and I want to inspire and I want to sell out stadiums, if that's like my long term, it doesn't matter how successful I become or how many people I impact in my solar business, my reach is limited based on my personal brand. Right. If no one knows who you are, yes, you can be the best in your community, you can be the best in your little ecosystem, but you're never going to get that reach, you're never going to get that exposure in order to maximize the amount of lives you touch, the amount of value you add, and the amount of impact that you're able to serve people to. And you're right, you know, like social media is your new credibility. Whenever I meet someone, if it's a mentor or someone I want to do business with, the first thing I do is I right. check out their Instagram. I want to see what they're about. I want to see what their interests are. I want to see who they're with and the type of content. Because again, like we're all signaling out to people, whether it's social media or in person, that we are either like-minded or not like-minded. And all of us want to be around people who are like ourselves. Right. And social media is a super cool way to, one, network, but two, also find other avenues and people to do business with. And if your social media page isn't attractive, if you don't put effort, just like your personal brand, just like your body, if you're not investing in your temple, if you're not doing the right things, if you're not you know, working out and eating right and making sure you're showering and like doing all these basic things to be attractive, then people aren't going to be attracted to you. And it's the right. same thing on social media. But I agree, it can be used as a hammer to build, but it also could be used as a hammer to destroy. Right. And uh, so many people are using it, and I'm guilty of it myself. You know, it's a, a double-edged sword of, you know, just dopamine, 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 <laughs> dopamine. And the issue is, you know, I, there's a whole podcast on it on dopamine, but the more dopamine you spend on these tools and on social media and on, you know, text messages, like not 
doing anything to progress your your life, your business, your spirituality, your relationships, that's less energy and less enjoyment and reward you get from going to do other things that give you dopamine, like working out, like accomplishing something, uh, like spending quality time with someone who you care about. Like those things are dopamine indicators to us. And if we're emptying our dopamine meters on social media and video games and binging Netflix, don't get me wrong, you know, I like my TV show, we're not going to have enough to actually go out there and do the stuff that actually is important to us. Well, dude, the most detrimental part about social media, and it's hard because we are a social media agency, regardless of how many people are hired to do this portion of the business, I still go in and check on it, make sure that everything's getting done is it literally degrades the ability to focus. So like, this is the most like, just dangerous thing about social media is like, your focus is gone within like a few seconds, right? So like when you take that yourself out of using social media and you try to apply your thought process on other things, your focus is not there. You're all of a sudden like, you know, go to check your phone and you're like, why am I checking my phone? There's nothing there. I have to focus on this, you know, or, or you're reading and you're like, oh, wait, wait. And it creates this neural pathway of like checking your phone and like just really quick change of uh, dopamine hits and like information. So it's just so dangerous. And that's like uh, just something that's holding the general population back. I, even me, I'm aware of it. I, I'm like, okay, and train my mind to focus on this one thought over and over and over again, or this one problem or this one solution that I'm working on and just focus on that because the power of focus, it's like a freaking laser beam. Like you could literally set stuff on fire. So if your focus isn't there, um, which social media like basically destroys, um, including myself, uh, it's, it's just dangerous. You got to be aware of it. I have to do social media fast. <laughs> yeah, it's necessary. It's literally, it's literally hard. <laughs> 100%. Oscar, let's shift a little bit. So my business, what I'm super passionate about, I think the same as yours in a, in a different context is helping inspire people, you know, help younger people, young people at heart being like, yo, you don't have to go work a nine to five job. You don't have to go slave away at a job where you're not fulfilled, where your boss doesn't appreciate you, where you're being underpaid to hopefully go retire one day in 40 years and take two vacations and then die, right? <laughs> like there's a thing that I learned, it's called the box life. Most people, they live the box life. They wake up in a box, they drive to work and sit in traffic in a box to go type in their box cubicle to come home and watch a box on TV to eventually die in a box. And they right. call that a life. Like my goal, something that fires me up so much is taking someone and being like, no, you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> and here's the mentorship, the guidance, the support, the vehicle in order to hopefully help you see the light and not have to do that because we only have one life, YOLO, right. as Drake would say. Why do you think so many people though out there don't subscribe to that philosophy? Why do you think there's so many people out there who are numb and living unconsciously going through life and in 20, 30, 40 years, they're going to look at back at their life with regret because they didn't take chances. They didn't do the things that they know they should have done because of fear, because of uh, security, the illusion of security. Why do you think most people lose when it comes to life? I think, I mean, that's a great question, but I think one, it's easy. It's easy to fail because there's just like nothing to do. You're going to get given to you like the the freaking the job the box life is like it's stock you're, that's that's what you're getting no matter what so it's easy to get the stock life and not do anything about it and complain and with other complainers and they relate and they're like oh yeah this sucks but you know you have to I mean I th I think that's just that's it it's easy to to do that um, where it's a little bit more of a challenge to kind of push yourself to develop to go beyond the status quo. 
Um, I had something I, like while you were saying, I was like, I have something really good for this, and then I just lost it. I'm like trying to find it, catch it in the ether, but <laughs> it'll come back. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to. Oh, this is what it was. So I catch myself when you're comfortable. Um, you, it's easy to just be like, well, I'm comfortable. Everything's okay right now. Let me just like, yeah, n not wake up at five because who cares? I don't really have an appointment till twelve. So whatever. Let me just watch TV and stay up late, like, and when you're comfortable, you're, you know, you're not investing an uncomfortable, uncomfortable amount of money. So that's one thing that in this season, I'm like investing uncomfortable amounts of money because it's creating that energy to, to create the results where when you're comfortable and everything's laid up, it's easy to just be like, which is something that I feel like is a challenge once we get to the, you know, eight, nine figure life. Uh, once you get to that level, you don't really have to do anything. So you have to fabricate uh, a challenge. Like we were just with, uh, who was it? Adam Balzerian, Dan Balzerian's brother. And, uh, you know, his net worth is like 300 million or whatever. And uh, he's training jujitsu like with this like world-class guru to like sharpen up his skills. But like if you don't create some challenge or some goal or something that you're, you know, expended to, uh, yeah, expanding energy towards, you're, you're going to... You know, it's easy to just be like, well, I'm just going to drink today. I'm just going to lay in bed. I'm just going to watch Netflix for 30 hours because you can, you know? So like once you get to that level, um, it's dangerous. I mean, even for myself at like the state that I'm at, it's dangerous to just be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to clear my book for a week and just sit here. That's why my broken arm was such a challenge because, you know, I, I literally couldn't do some of the physical things that are part of my ritual to exercise and stuff like that. And I was actually in pain, so I couldn't really go and film too much. So it was such a challenge to be forced to be stuck in this like environment that was like so easy. And so everything else kind of just like, you know, degraded a little bit. So now I'm like, all right, let's freaking go, you know, charge up season. We're, we're all in on everything. So, yeah, no, I really I like, I really like what you said. There's four levels of motivation. You know, the first one is survival. You know, you're motivated to survive. You need to make sure that you have your basic necessities. You have food for your family. You have shelter, you have clean water most people in America, thankfully, have all of those things, right? That's the first level of motivation. If you didn't have those, you'd be motivated to get it. The second level of motivation is monetary. That's where most people that I work with are, are at. They want a nicer car. They're motivated to work because they want a nicer house, a nicer lifestyle. They want to go to five-star dining. They want watches. They want jewelry. They want designer clothes. That's the second level of motivation. But once you get all that stuff, you have enough money that you could really buy anything you want. The third is financial freedom. You know, you're motivated to go create a life where you don't need a vacation from, to have enough money coming in passively where you could go take off to Bali for six months and still have all of your responsibilities and necessities paid for and have true freedom over who you spend time with, what you do, and, and why you do it. And then the fourth level, because we all know people, maybe not know them directly, but know of them or know them directly, people that have five, six hundred million dollars net worth, right? People that have enough money for their children's children's children. They have such a financial wall around their family that nothing uh, could break it. Yet the Elon Musk, the Mark Zuckerbergs, you know, the Mark Cubans, these billionaires who are still working harder than some people that barely have, you know, six figures in their bank account. Why? Right. Because that last motivator, I believe, is is impact. It's about legacy. It's, hey, you're not motivated by monetary. You're not motivated by freedom. You're motivated or inspired to go out there and create a life 
that will be remembered for decades and decades and generations to come, and you actually truly enjoy what you do so much that you feel fulfilled because if you were just sitting, golfing every single day, traveling to a different beach, you would actually feel like you're deteriorating and not feel as inspired as you would going out there and chasing something you're actually passionate about. And I think when people understand what level of motivation they're at, they understand what drives them and what motivates them. And the goal is to obviously continue to climb your way up the ladder. Yeah, that's dope. I didn't even think of that as far as like having like a crazy purpose to like really impact. Um, right now, like one of the businesses we're, we're like uh, building is like the Shabbat candle. So like one a really dope goal that my wife kind of came up with is to like rep- replace every paraffin wax candle with like beeswax candles because it's like really one of our ad campaigns are like did you know your shabbat candles are killing you <laughs> like you know so shocking uh, so uh so that and then they're also made from petroleum and you know where crude oil comes from <laughs> so uh so anyways yeah so that's that's like kind of inspired me what you're saying like the legacy it's like kind of something so big that you're actually making progress towards it like really um, makes you feel fulfilled. Absolutely, man. Oscar, one of the things I admire about you is I've never seen you in a negative state. <laughs> you know, you're always positive. You always have high energy. You know, I'm sure the the viewers and the audience can even hear it through the microphone. You're always enthusiastic, good energy, always in a positive mood. Why is that important to you? And how have you cultivated that positivity in your life? Oh, I'm very boisterous. It's uh, my wife even like, She'll be like, why are you talking so loud? I'm like, stoked. Like, I don't, like I'm not going to tone it down for you trying to dim my light. <laughs> no. Um, so I think it comes from, one, I know that that's like part of the value that I bring to the world that I like inspire and, and I'm like a beacon of hope for a lot of the people around me. Um, so I don't really know how I cultivate it. I just, the gym, you know, the gym, reading, meditating, and then just love, like loving putting love into everything. I know like we've talked about some of the challenges in businesses and uh, you know, I tell you kind of like, just give it love, dude. When you give a situation love or a person situation thing, instead of getting angry about it, most of the time something that stimulates you to become angry is because uh, you know, something didn't go your way or a person has a different opinion or perspective. If you give it love, like if you're like come from an understanding point of view from the, you know, the opposing uh, party, you can have more empathy and give them love. Like, okay, you don't agree with me. Well, I still love you as a human. You, you know, we, we have the same basic needs. We all need love. Most people aren't loved enough. So like for me, it's love. Like I really just give everyone love. And uh, that's kind of like the universe brings it back to me ever since even I had a job. Like, you know, I would love my uh, people, my coworkers and I would do be nice to them and I would do extra things. And that kind of leads into like being a leader um, which, you know, I've never had to lead as many people as I do now. Um, and I didn't realize that this was a skill that I had, just like giving people love, being happy, and the universe always, you know, re- re- reciprocates it. Um, so I guess just like be nice to people. And and then I guess you can't like love anyone if you don't love yourself. So I genuinely like really love myself. I appreciate myself. I think I'm like the coolest fucking person in the whole world. And like I hold myself at a really high esteem because I do the things like Alex Hermosi like you I think you've said this as well like if you do the things enough and prove it to yourself it builds the confidence so like I've done so many things for so long like improving it to myself that I know that I'm this type of person and so um yeah I don't know I just love everybody I'm 
I want to be happy and I like make other people happy and that like kind of spreads the the energy and and I think that just like being a like a, a beacon of light like I think you know God the universe whatever needs rich powerful people on the positive end of the spectrum because you're able to help more people um, of course they're like rich and powerful people that I think you just posted something that like you are perceived that are negative and they're doing things that are you know the parasitic elite or whatever but the universe needs equally powerful positive people to counter that so I just feel like you know I my purpose and my mission in life is to spread as much positivity and then like I'm able to convert a lot of hate and anger energy and like take it in and it like doesn't really hurt my feelings and convert it out positively so like I don't know I I don't know where it comes from you know universe God gave it to me and uh, I'm just trying to utilize it in every kind of avenue and, and spread the energy that's powerful, man. I really love what you said there. It's be aware of your gifts, be aware of your talents. Most people, they're not self-aware of the two or three things that they are elite in, that they do really good, whether that's your kindness, uh, your resilience, your ability to have compassion, to be motivated even when things are going bad. We all have these things that whether they were acquired from an early age based on our environment or God-given gifts. And the quicker that you can realize what you're good at, the quicker you can monetize that, not just for financially, but for other valuable things in your life. Like for me, I've always been really good, even from a young age, at being able to bring people together and unite them for a common goal or a common vision or a common ideal. Even back in high school, I used to get different groups from different high schools and somehow unite them. And we used to all hang out at the same parties and, and go to the same different things. And the as I look at my career in sales over the last 10 years, that's always been the skill set that's been allowing me to be a separator and continue to progress compared to a lot of my competition because I recognize that skill set, that gift from an early age, and I doubled down on it and I applied it to whatever the specific space is that I needed to. And, you know, thankfully it's been, uh, it's been good in the, the <laughs> let's go <laughs> for sure. Uh, Oscar, I could, I could talk with you for hours, man, like the energy, the vibes, I hope the viewers and the audience can, can feel how passionate you are and, uh, just, just how wise you are, man. Just like how high of a, of a consciousness you are in terms of delivering value and delivering spirit through. Uh, but a couple more questions for you. So when it comes to networking, you know, you're someone who I look at as just a straight hustler. Like you, you always got something going on. Yeah. Obviously, Pathfinders is, is your main business, but if it's not flipping jewelry or making candles, right, you're doing some house flipping for a little bit, you always got your hands in a lot of different things, but it doesn't deter you from your primary business, which is obviously uh, to create movies and, you know, build this uh, Pathfinder empire into something that is amazing. But where does that hustle come from? And how can people get more of that hustle muscle who are feeling a little unmotivated um, or undriven in terms of their professional life? So personally, I had a very um, like rough childhood. Uh, my dad was very like shot out, like he liked to party a lot. Um, and then he like my my dad's side of the family has a lot of money. So they were able to like when my parents split up uh, hire like really good attorneys and uh, my dad got full custody. I didn't see my mom from when I was like six years old until I was 17. And so 
through that experience of like in that time, my dad was super shot out, like in and out of jail, like every two years. So then we'd have to move and like stay with my aunts and uncles. And so my aunts and uncles were really wealthy. So I saw that like contrast of like, you know, how my dad lived and how my aunts and uncles lived. And uh, it just made me be like, yo, I never want to experience this again. And uh, I always just wanted what kind of like what my uncles had, like just that lifestyle. I always just wanted. And it, it was first started money motivated, right? Like I just want to be rich. And then eventually I, I feel like I got kind of rich. And um, then it's like, I just want to feel good, you know? And then, so now I just want to feel good and feeling broke is, doesn't feel good. So if you don't feel good uh, being broke, like I guess it's like that fear of like going back or that fear of, of losing it all. Um, and also it's just like, I see opportunity and I, like, I just feel like uh, almost like the FOMO, like, well, if I miss out on this opportunity, then like someone else is going to get it. So if I'm in like a position like eBay, you know, in 2020, our eBay business blew up. It just did crazy. Um, so whenever like the market shifts, I feel like, I, I don't know, I have like a spider sense of like something and I just see the opportunity and maybe other people don't see it. So I like just go after it. And also I'm kind of delusional. I just feel like I can't fail at anything. Like, I'm just like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you know what I mean? So I always just thought that everything is going to work out for me and it kind of does. And even if it fails, like I probably learned a very valuable lesson. So um that's just kind of it i mean everybody probably has their own like like you said the discomforts i just had this conversation with austin is i i literally feel like you can't fail at anything unless you stop so like even if you make 10 million dollars and you stop there and you just that's where you failed at you just stayed there excuse me so the only thing that can happen is that if you're not in align with your thoughts as far as the outcome that you want that you desire then you'll experience discomfort so like that's really it there's it's not like you failed it's just your your thoughts aren't in alignment with your desires and if you want to you know create your desire you just have to align your thoughts and then the desired outcome happens and if you don't then you experience discomfort and some people experience that dis discomfort and stop there and then that's the failure like you know so I just feel like you can't fail. So I feel like you shouldn't be afraid to try or do anything because you can't even really fail, <laughs> you know? So that's what I would say to people is if, is, is don't be afraid to fail at anything. Like literally if I, if I wanted to be an astronaut, I probably could have believed that I could have been an astronaut. I would have been an astronaut, but I don't know. I never had that thought. So just, just freaking do it, <laughs> you know? Delusional optimism. Yeah. I, I really like that. Awesome, man. You've been awesome, Oscar. Would love to uh, keep chatting, but my last question for you. So if the Oscar today, the executive film producer, serial entrepreneur, could give advice to the Oscar, maybe back in high school, who was trapping, who was, who was lost, <laughs> who was trying to figure out his purpose, what advice would the Oscar today give the past? Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish I would have learned sales sooner. <laughs> so learn sales like as soon as possible. Um, that probably is it. And then just like you could do anything. I'm so far from like the person that will be in like, you know, five, 10 years. So I don't feel like I've gotten there yet. Uh, I think just be more, um, just be more brave. Take bigger risks. Like who cares? Like even if we lost all our money today, like went to zero. It's like, dude, we're only 30 years old, you know, let's freaking go. Let's build it up again, you know? So I would say I failed a lot in my life. So just don't be afraid of failures and keep winning and uh, keep pushing, be positive, be happy. Um, 
and everything is going to work out. I would say that. Yeah, everything's going to work out. And I hope the listeners or viewers enjoyed some of this. I was having a conversation with Austin. It's like, I don't know if I have that much value to provide to anybody, but hopefully they, they were able to extract something. Well, you give me a lot of value, man. So I, I definitely know. I definitely know people are feeling it. <laughs> Oscar, appreciate you coming on, man. Where uh, where can the audience find you if they want to get connected or, or tune into some of your services? Yeah, uh, Pathfinder Productions on the internet. Oscar Cardona is my personal IG. Um, yeah, let's have a conversation and, uh, I would love to be of service or add value to you in any way, shape or form. You're the man, bro. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. Guys, you heard it here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in another episode in the books. Hope you guys tune in next week and we will see you on the next show. Peace. Let's go. Peace guys.